Welcome to the Imperfect Church Podcast, a podcast for the imperfect church and the imperfect pastors that lead them. I'm Ryan Reed. And I am John Martin. And this is the Imperfect Church Podcast. All right. John, it's good to have you in Bruce, Mississippi today. Yep, I'm in Bruce again. I've been uh, been out and about today sharing the good news of men's ministry from Mississippi Baptist. Yeah, um... <laughs> That's what it is. John, I just, I don't ever see you in the office. I don't know if you're actually doing any work. I, yeah, I, I don't know if I feel good about sending my tithes and well, what is my work? Is my work being in the office yes, or is it my is. work being out? I need you to be in the office. What if someone calls <laughs> right now? Uh, what if I were to pick up my phone and call your office to get you? How would I, how would I get a hold of you right now? You if wouldn't I call to? my office. You'd call my cell phone. Why would I call you? That's what most sitting... people do anyway, because most people don't call my office. Why would I even call yourself? You you're even sitting know right what my across from me. Is? Yes, I have it memorized. I oh, give it to me. It is six oh one. None of your business. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yep, yep. So I've been out today talking about men's ministry stuff. It's and, always good to uh, have you up in North Mississippi. Yeah, so. yeah. I've been to North Mississippi, honestly, more than I've been to South Mississippi for sure. Yep. I've only been mm-hmm. to South Mississippi a couple of times in my four months, and uh, North Mississippi is probably where I've spent the majority of my time. Yeah. Actually. Well, we we appreciate people up here. Mm-hmm. You know, I and I. I I think I have more friends in North Mississippi. <laughs> I don't I have a whole lot of friends anyway, but I have more in North Mississippi than I do anywhere that's else. It, so that's that's it. Well, uh, tell us, just kind of give us an update about how long have you been at the Baptist Building now? I've been at the Baptist Building four months. Four, four months. months. So give, us, give us your four-month assessment of men's ministry, uh, the state of men's ministry. So uh, a lot of people are doing stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, we just don't. You know, we just don't talk a lot about men's ministry in the state. Really, I mean, not we have not in the past, and so, uh, but a lot of guys are reaching guys, and uh, they're doing small group discipleship with men in their state. Uh, I think we do have some um, some areas of improvement, particularly mm-hmm. when it comes to young guys, young men. Um, RAs is just not real strong in our state. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we've got some work to do there, and uh, trying to figure out, navigate all those waters. What what uh, what missions discipleship for young men? should look like yeah you know i think that's a question that a lot of mm-hmm. a lot of churches are trying to figure out for themselves you know because they're pro- they're po- probably not doing royal ambassadors yeah mm-hmm. as a matter of fact the great majority of mississippi baptist churches are not doing royal ambassadors and so we've got to kind of figure that out um because we know the discipleship of young men needs to happen and if it's not happening in ras we got to just got to try to navigate those waters yeah. and figure out what that looks yeah. like so first baptist bruce does ras though we do do ras uh-huh. of some sort i don't really know if you guys follow curriculum closely that's a lot of the problem with our mm-hmm. ras is that they they meet but uh they're not always following the curriculum mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, well, we do. Um, I don't know exactly. Are you bored? <laughs> You're yawning already. Yeah, sorry, John. You start talking about your work, and I just got really bored. Um, no, we do uh, RAs. And in fact, just uh, just a couple of weeks ago, one of our um, students was reciting his memory verses and got his badge. And then yeah, yeah, yeah. his RA teacher said, "This, you've already got your badge, but I, I've heard that you know the books of the Bible. Would you mind telling me those? Mm-hmm. And this little boy who's um, six just rattled off the books of the Bible for him yeah. too. And he was supposed to learn five verses and he was 17. Wow. So, really, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's, it's, deal. it's happening. It just, uh, you know, it's, it's about, uh, finding out how to make it better. Yep. That's right. That's right. Well, Ryan, today we're going to do a practical episode, a practical episode. Yeah. So many people may have seen in the last couple of weeks, and I've seen other podcasts that have covered this uh, topic as well. Uh, but we, thought it was worth spending some time on. 
On April the 27th, there was an article that came out. Uh, I'm reading the one here that is from religionnews.com. Mm-hmm. I'm sure yeah. it was re- republished on other uh, on other places as well. But uh, the title of the article is, If You Have Eyes, Plagiarize, When Borrowing a Sermon Goes Too mm-hmm. Far. And uh, this comes about because there is this guy, according to uh, this <laughs> article, his name is Zach Stewart. Uh, he He borrowed... Is that fair? He plagiarized, we'll just say, because that's what the article uh says. He plagiarized a sermon from Mark Driscoll. uh, And, and you know, it's interesting because he doesn't just plagiarize the words, but he even plagiarizes, he even copies, he mimics even the motions the of motions and the mannerisms yeah yeah so it's an interesting view you can go to this what you can go to this article religionnews.com and they actually have a youtube video i think it's youtube but they have a video there in the article that puts them side by side and goes through uh what he was uh, what he was using from driscoll mm-hmm. and so it brings up a good conversation i think for us to have as pastors and maybe not only pastors but just people in general and that is mm-hmm. You know, when does something become plagiarism? Right, right. Yeah. And uh, even beyond that, why should we not do it? And uh, and how can we avoid doing it? I yeah. think. And I, and I think this is this is a common problem. I think in pastoral circles. Yeah. Of uh, and there, there's definitely there's definitely a fine line between um, using an illustration you heard from somebody else or sure. um, even a sermon idea, right? Um, other than and, and then and then using the exact sermon, plagiarizing the ex- yeah, yeah, exact yeah. sermon. I love um, uh, Tom Rainer um, has uh, an article where he labels plagiarism as one of the four most common acts of stupidity that get pastors <laughs> fired. Yeah, um, and I, I would say, you know, pastoring is difficult. Uh, and in yeah. some ways, but sometimes we make it more difficult on us trying to sure. take shortcuts. And I feel like plagiarism is, is one of those shortcuts that, that can get us into a lot of trouble. Yeah, right. And, and you know, we have to recognize that pastors, uh, pastors have to constantly be creating material, right? right? I mean, There's a lot the, of us, uh, we're, we're creating three sermons a week. Mm-hmm. You're constantly producing material. And, uh, and that takes a lot of time. I mean, I yeah. know guys spend hours on producing that material and it can be kind of a shortcut. Yeah, and and there's the expectation to go above and beyond and to make new and better and more novel. Right, right. Uh, and when we turn on our phones and we go to YouTube or wherever else and we see these pastors um, that are creating new and exciting sermons, it's it's tempting for us to use yeah, those. Yeah. In fact, yeah. I, if you get on Facebook, uh, I, I've gotten ads before of of companies that sell pre-made sermons yeah. to pastors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, because they they know you know the 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 story is that pastors are so busy and they have 100 things to do and why not just take this off their plate. Yeah. Uh and I and I think that's probably not the wisest direction to go. Yeah. So I, so let's talk about this. Where where does where does the line where does the line exist? So um you know you're you're paying for sermons, you can pay for sermons get them and you own a copyright then to that sermon that you've bought. Yeah. And so you've been given permission to use it. Uh, I think that's a poor way to do your sermon mm-hmm. planning and preparation, mm-hmm. uh, but you can do it legally that way. Right. You can right, buy right. a sermon and you can use it. Yeah, it's probably more ethical than just, you know, stealing. Um, <laughs> yeah. Probably more ethical. Yeah. Probably yeah, more ethical. There's a big question know. of whether or not that is ethical. At all. Uh, yeah. That's wise or yeah. best practice. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, so I would say that uh, certainly there are things that we're going to learn and grow from one another, especially yeah, if we're absolutely. listening to people preach. We're we're gonna we're gonna unintentionally borrow from people mm-hmm. where we we don't even know where we got that from, right? Because exactly. we're listening and we're soaking things up like a sponge. Yeah, I would say that the line is when we intentionally pass something off as ourselves. Yeah. And and we're doing it for whatever reason. We're atten- intentionally saying this sermon is my sermon, when in reality uh, the whole thing has been lifted, or even yeah, yeah. Uh, large chunks of it have been lifted from another pastor. Yeah. Whether that be the outlines or the emphatic points or whatever mm-hmm. it may be, if we are if we are preaching in such a way to that that our people would think, oh, my pastor thought of this this week, yeah, and yeah. we are doing nothing to dispel that. I think we're in some muddy territory. Yeah. And you know, I know there's not a there's probably not a percentage out there that makes it right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you know, I think about something when you said you know, <clears throat> Robbie Gallaty is real good about saying, um, you know, when you when you get to Acts chapter one, say word. Yeah. You know uh-huh. what I mean? Yeah, that yeah, sort yeah, of yeah. thing. And if you listen to Robbie Gallaty enough, then you you may you may begin to say that same thing. Right. Hey, when you get to Acts chapter one, say word. Yeah, you uh-huh. know that's not what we're talking about. No, uh-uh. we're we're talking about a percentage, whatever that percentage might be, of someone else's material. Mm-hmm. You're claiming to be your own, right? Right. Yeah. And so uh, I would even say, uh, just very practically, as you look at a sermon outline from Charles Spurgeon, say uh, it's okay to take Charles Spurgeon's sermon outline. Mm-hmm. Uh, make it your own, but use that as the foundation of your sermon preparation, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, yeah. I think the difficulty is not is not those little sayings when you get to Acts 1, say word. It's not using another pastor's sermon outline as a guide to develop your own, mm-hmm. but it's taking large chunks right, yeah. of someone else's material and using it as your own. And I think that's where this article really helps us because this is worst-case scenario. Sure. Uh, th- this, this pastor... Um, th- th- this pastor not only preached the entire sermon, but he used the same illustrations. He used the same hand motions. Right, that's right. He used the right. same jokes. Yeah, yeah. Um, which so, were bad jokes. Which to were begin bad with, jokes brother. to begin with, right? I mean, um, he included a joke about mothers passing on mental illness to their kids. Right. Why? If you're going to use somebody else's stuff, it needs to be good stuff. Right. Right. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. So <laughs> that's that's the idea, right? And, and there's a couple reasons why this is dangerous. Uh, one, because we are, first and foremost, we are ministers of the truth, yeah. and we dare not present the truth in a way that would make people question whether or not it is true. Yeah, that's right. And and to present the truth using falsehoods, yeah. it, it gets the whole thing backwards. Yeah, that's exactly right. And I put, you know, the problem with plagiarism, I, I just put down the word integrity. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. the problem with plagiarism. Mm-hmm. And you know, I think, I think as we stand in the pulpit, I, I think our people, honestly, they they don't expect us to have great sermons every week. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe your people do, but mine don't. I mean, they they know that you're not Adrian Rogers, right? right. Mm-hmm. I mean, they know that you're not Mark Driscoll, thank goodness. But but I mean, they they do expect you to get up there and be a man of integrity, right? And, and, I, and I thought I think integrity is first and foremost why we should not do these things. But a second reason is because the way that the, the Lord has structured ministry mm. uh, and the way that he has made us finite human beings, yeah. uh, we are limited by space and time. Yeah, yeah. And so when we talk about pastors pastoring people, mm. they're pastoring the people in front of them. Mm-hmm. And so the people that I pastor in Bruce, Mississippi, the Lord is wanting to teach them something specific to them. Right. 
so I'm their pastor. I'm right. here. I'm modeling sermons to meet their needs, to, right. to proclaim the gospel to them. And that is very different than mm. Tim Keller in, right, sure. in New York City sure, or sure. wherever else a pastor may be. He may yeah. be able to create a better sermon, but... I'm the expert in Bruce, Mississippi. Right, yeah, this is, yeah, these yeah. are my people. He doesn't know them. And, yeah. and as he's preparing his sermon, he's thinking about his people, not yeah. my people. Yeah. And so there's, there's, there's a, a specificity mm-hmm. of it as well. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, I think, I think we all can get into this uh, preaching, preaching to America, mm-hmm. you know, rather than preaching to Bruce, right. preaching yeah. to mm-hmm. union. And, mm-hmm. uh, and it's easy to borrow other people's stuff. Do you say borrow? Bari? I think you just said Bari. It's easy to borrow Borrow. other people's stuff. It's it's easy to borrow other people's things. Did you say burrow? (laughs) Go ahead, John. uh, You know, if you're you're doing a general sermon, right? I mean, but if you're going to... If if you're actually going to try to speak to the citizens of Bruce, right, right, mm-hmm. then you've got to be more particular in your preaching. That's it. That's it. And and you know it's it's almost like uh, preaching is compared um, to food a lot to cooking, right? Mm-hmm. Especially mm-hmm. when Kenny Digby's on the podcast. <laughs> um, yeah. I'm known as the cornbread preacher. When the cornbread preacher's on, we're going to talk <laughs> about food. Yeah. Um, but you know, you think about it. My, my dad used to pick on my mama all the time when my dad would cook. He'd say, you know why my cooking's better than your mama's? Because I cook it with love, you know. Yeah. <laughs> he would joke, my mama don't, your mama don't cook with love, yeah. you know, uh, which made my mama really happy, I'm you know. sure. Um, but that's the idea, right? We can, yeah, absolutely. We can grab a, a, a microwave sermon. We can mm-hmm. pop it in and we can tweak a few things. We can yep. change yep. the illustrations a little bit so it seems like we came up with it. But is that microwave meal going to be as nutritious as the home-cooked meal? Yeah. yeah. And that's the thing. I think one of the underlying issues with plagiarism, one of the underlying reasons why pastors feel the need to plagiarize, I don't think is a time issue. Yeah. I think it is a personal justification issue. Mm. We want to be able to say, look how talented we are. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's look, good. Look how, I think it's a pride issue and maybe mm-hmm. an insecurity issue, right? Yeah, probably We're so. afraid that if if we come each week with our loaves and our fishes, our people are going to see that and, yeah. and, and say, oh, our pastor's just not good. Yeah, yeah. You know, we talk about sermon sermons being overflow, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. I mean, sermons should be overflow. And uh, and your people ought to be able to see that even in your emotions and your delivery of it. That's it. They ought to know that it's an overflow, right? And it's right. not just that microwave. It's an it's an overflow. Which is why, uh, John, if you create a sermon uh, for the people at First Baptist Union, if you create a sermon for them and you give me that same sermon to preach here, your yeah. sermon is going to be more effective there than yeah, yeah, me yeah. preaching the same sermon here. Yeah. Because yeah. it's just it's a it's a different feel when you are pouring into the text and you're thinking about the people and you're desiring to reach them, that sermon is going to be more effective. Right. As we look at the scripture, what are the things that are prized in the, in the scripture? It's not the, the big and mighty, it's the small Mm -hmm. and insignificant that are prized by God. Yeah. Uh, You know, Paul tells the Corinthians, how many of you were smart? How many of you were wise? How many of you were rich? Not many. And yet look what God has done. Yeah, sure. Well, you know, I, I, I jotted down some things that I think uh, can be helpful for us. We talk about we. Hopefully, everybody that listens to this podcast recognizes that plagiarism is is not okay. It's not it's not right. It's not something that we ought to practice. Uh, so, how can we how can we avoid those things? And I wrote down just a few, and uh, kind of lead through these. And um, you may have more, Ryan. But the first one uh, that I wrote down was was uh, we we just need to have a good sermon process. Right. Uh-huh. Know, I think if you have a good sermon process, a good sermon planning process, and a good sermon development process, mm-hmm. it'll keep you from being tempted to go, oh, 
pastors all over America. Right, right. And yet they are being able to create sermons. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. we want to make sure that we are carving out time as well. Yeah. Uh, So we've got to, right? We've got to set into our work week, uh, I would say, even even goals, right? Uh, Where we say, I've got to have my sermon done by Sunday. No, No. let's back up a little bit. Okay, when is your outline going to be done? Right. What day are you going to focus on illustrations? What day are you going to focus on on the intro and the conclusion? Mm -hmm. And and set set those days throughout your week so you know, okay, I'm struggling this week. I got to spend a little bit more time on this. That way, Sunday doesn't sneak up on you. Yeah, you know, when I was in seminary, I didn't really appreciate my sermon prep courses. You know, we used. Uh, I forget what the name of the book is right now, but it's Wayne McDeal's yeah, sermon uh-huh. process, yeah. you know, development process. The Moment of Truth? No. There's the other one? I don't know what that one's called. It's like 12 step. Okay. Anyway, yeah, yeah, anyway yeah. it's a sermon process development process. And you know that, you might look at that and say, man, that's too regimented. Why do you got to do it this way? You yeah. know, it's just not, but, but if you do, if you do have a good process like that, I'm not saying it has to be MacDill's 12 steps. But right. If you have a good process like that, then you're constantly being able to stay on top of what you've got to have that's for it. Sunday morning. So, and I think it's a good what, sermon process. And you got to find that, whatever one is for you. But yeah, I, sure. You know, for, for me, you know, I, I was taught um, uh, building sermons to meet people's needs. Um, and right. sometimes when I'm trapped on a sermon, I've got to stop and say, oh, okay. Yeah. I'm not getting anywhere here. Let's let's go to the nuts and bolts. Right, let's yeah. think about what is the, what is the essence of this text. Sure. Yeah. What is the essence of my sermon? Yeah. Going through those processes really helped me to craft sermons, yeah. uh, and it keeps me on track because I know if I can't think of anything else, I know the next thing to do. Right. Right. Because you have a process. I have a process. Right. All right. So the second thing I put down, and I think it's really important for us as pastors, especially those of us that pastor the normative church, mm-hmm. is uh, is we need to have good self awareness. Right. Mm-hmm. You know. I, uh, I'm not Mark Driscoll, mm-hmm. you know, and, and some of my pastors, I mean, some of my people in my congregation may wish that I was Mark Driscoll, right. you mm-hmm. know, they may wish I preached like Ryan Reed, but, uh, but that's not, not who I am, not you know, many. I mean, that's not who I that's am. It, yeah. And I think, I think a good self-awareness, an understanding of who you are, how you deliver the message, how God has created you as a communicator mm-hmm. of the gospel it's really important to keep you from from plagiarism. Yeah, I think along with that is the idea not just knowing who you are, uh, but being being satisfied in who you are. Yeah, that's good, right? If, if we are standing up week to week with something to prove mm-hmm. about ourselves, mm-hmm. then the message gets lost. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, you know, my my humble goal as I step in the pulpit is to present the message of Scripture. Yeah, sure. Um, I, I can get trapped sometimes when I'm looking out um, uh, of of wanting to impress somebody mm-hmm. or wanting somebody to think, oh, so and so is here today. I, I, I hope yeah. they I hope they like what they hear. I hope they think that I am intelligent or whatever it yeah, may be. Yeah. And that's missing the point. And that is yeah. that is something to fight against. So we have to remind ourselves time and time again, we are who we are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we we are we are instruments in the hand of yeah. Almighty God. Yeah. And we must trust in His power and not in Proving who we are. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if you've ever been to a, uh, you know, where a band was playing. We'll say it that way. <laughs> where there's a band playing that nobody knows. Mm-hmm. You know, like a an unknown bon- band is playing maybe at a jazz fest or something like that. A jazz fest. Yeah. I are, mean, I'm, <laughs> John, are you telling me that you go to smoke filled yeah. honky tonk so bars? This is what I'm saying. To hear unknown bands. Those guys. Um, those guys. They they sing two kind of songs. They sing originals and they sing covers. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. If you'll talk to those band members, 
they would much rather sing originals mm-hmm. because they're musicians. Right. It's what they do. Yeah. But what does the crowd want? They want the covers. The crowd wants the covers. John's. Right. John's um, a couple couple glasses in yelling free bird <laughs> yeah, at him. Exactly. Yeah. And so what I'm saying is, is that, you know, we ought to be, we ought to be to where we can offer our originals, mm-hmm. you know, even yeah. if they're not very good. We ought to be. We ought to be that. Hey, we want to offer our originals. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we want to yeah. offer what the Lord has spoken to us today. And I can't believe I just made that analogy to bar bands. But <laughs> that's. Uh, I, I think. I think we need to be reminded that our originals are good enough. Yeah, I mean they're 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 significant and mm-hmm. they're sufficient. Yeah, and I would say for me the best analogy for sermon presentation. <laughs> For me, is a bar. Is, is a bar. No, is is the analogy of 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 the the loaves and the fishes, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah this yeah. little boy offers all he has. Yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah. And week to week, I'm reminded I am offering scant food. Yeah. Right. Sure. Yeah. I'm offering little, yeah. but I'm trusting that God is going to and He's going to multiply it for generational impact. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Um, so. Uh, good sermon process, good good self awareness. The last thing that I wrote down here was uh, just good accountability. Good accountability. You know what I'm saying? I mean, there, I, I, this is what I know. I and I may be wrong, Ryan. You correct me. But if I stood in the pulpit this coming Sunday at Neshoba Baptist Church, that's where I'm going to be Sunday. If I stood in the pulpit this coming Sunday and I preached a sermon that you guys had heard somebody else preach. Mm-hmm. I think y'all would say it. I think so. Yeah. <laughs> I think y'all would say, John, you know that's not yours. Right. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? And I think we need that kind of accountability in our lives. If we don't have anybody speaking account- accountability into our lives, then we're easily going to fall into this trap. That's it. That's you know? it. And so we need somebody to speak truth. And I think that is the case, whether it's in sermons or whether it's social media posts. I, I sent just as a joke to uh, John and a few other pastors today uh, a social media joke that originated with one pastor on Twitter and then three or four other pastors that I'm friends with on Facebook posted <laughs> yeah. the evolution of it. They yeah. tweaked it just yeah. enough to make it theirs. Yeah. And, and, and Guys, we don't have to do that. Right. Um, you know, what's what's the what's the end goal there? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. um, and so I, yeah, I would just say having people in your life that are going to say, "What are you trying to prove?" Yeah, exactly. Um, what's your motive? What here? You, what's your motive? And, and I, I say that not only should we examine our motives in preaching or in posting social media, but uh, a lot of times we need to examine our motives when we're making fun of those things. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah. There, there's there's a lot of blame to go around. There, uh, there is. But, yep. But, yep. Preaching should not be uh, something that is just microwavable. It yeah. should be something that is home cooked. Yeah, I agree. So good, good process, good yeah. awareness, and good accountability. Uh, I wish they all had started with A, but they didn't. We could have so. thought long about that, but we did not. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, yeah. So that's good. All right, John. Well, uh, I appreciate you coming up to Bruce and talking about plagiarizing with me. Yeah. Um, yeah. Is there uh, anything you want to share before we close out? Uh, nope. All right, good. I didn't want to hear anything else from you anyway. So (laughs) that's about it. All right. Well, we appreciate you guys uh, joining us for the podcast today. Uh, If you like our podcast, please do like, rate, and review us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. And we'll see you next week. Until then, keep loving your imperfect church. And remember, one day she will be perfected in glory.